All right, welcome to Thursday Night Teachings. Pastor Brad, we're coming, uh, I guess, pre-recorded. <laughs> I almost said live. We're coming pre-recorded from Grace Point. Good to see you all. We're teasing, we're joking. Uh, the last nine episodes I, I've had on this brown sweater. We're calling these the brown sweater episodes here. These last nine going through Matthew 13 and 14. We're going to end the brown sweater episodes tonight, okay? Lord, open our hearts and minds to the Word, Father. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Show us who we are in Christ and who He is in us. We honor you, Father. We give you glory. Jesus, your Lord, we worship you. We love you. We give you all the praise and glory. You're the one, not me, but thee. It's not about me. It's about thee. Let us perfectly more perfectly, reflect your image in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we left the apostles with Jesus in the boat, Peter walking on water, the water of the word, the command of Jesus, he's walking on it. They get in the boat and they worship Jesus as the Son of God, which he was and is. They knew it. He proved it when he raised from the dead. Now we're going to finish up the chapter. And when they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent into all the surrounding district and brought to him all who were sick. Isn't that amazing? I don't want to reteach what I've already taught. I'm just so tempted to go back into Isaiah 53. They brought to him all that were sick and they began to entreat him, ask him, that he might just touch the fringe of their cloak, and as many as touched him were healed. Why did they want to touch the fringe of his cloak? You remember at the end of chapter 13, why couldn't Jesus do many miraculous signs? Why couldn't he do great works there? Because of their unbelief, right? They weren't believing in him. Now he's traveling. Why do you think these people, they thought, man, if I can just touch the fringe of his garment. And there's a teaching on the fringe of his garment, the way the Jewish rabbis, um, like there was representations on that fringe. And there's, there's good teachings on that. I'm not going to get into that. Something happened, Marla, that their faith was quickened. Their faith was made alive. They weren't believing him at the end of chapter 13. What happened when they didn't believe him? Go read it. I'm not making it up. It says Jesus could not do. It says could not. It says it in Mark too. He could not do many mighty miracles, just did a few small ones because of their unbelief. That's what it says. That's what the Bible says. Now they're believing. Now one of the reasons they're believing is because Jesus has been going around their uh, villages and he's teaching and, and he's operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and he's demonstrating and as the signs and wonders are picking up now they're at the place where they've seen so many miracles and their faith is quickened now they're saying man if I can just get near him if I can just touch the fringe of, now they have so much faith their faith is quickened why do the miracles come because now they're believing in Jesus <laughs> 
Now they know who he is. Now they have a revelation of who Jesus is. Now they see with their spiritual eyes. Now they see, hey, this is the Messiah. If I can just touch this Messiah's robe, I'll be healed. Their faith. And what happens when they touch his robe? As soon as they touch his robe, the touch of faith, boom, they're healed. Power goes. Was the problem, again, I'm going to get into Matthew 17 early, was the problem ever Jesus? How could it be? He's perfect. Was the problem ever the will of God? Did it say they could not do many mighty miracles there? He could not because it wasn't God's will. Did it say that? said, no, because of their unbelief. So the problem was their unbelief. And Jesus is patient. He's teaching. He's doing miracles and signs. And now the people are hearing about him. They know who he is. They're seeing clearly. And they are pressing in just to touch him, the hem of his garment. They're believing in him now. Folks, our faith is so important. This new covenant that we have from God, unlike the old covenant, the new covenant operates completely on faith. Everything that we need has already been provided. I, I've gone over these scriptures so many times. I, I could rattle off five of them right now. Everything we need. The psalmist says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, one translation says, I shall not lack. Another translation says, the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. I like that one. The Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. And you could just go on and on. The young, uh, I think it's Psalms 34, the young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those that fear the Lord, those that seek the Lord, they don't lack for any good thing. You could go on and on and uh, go over these promises and the problem it's not the will of God. And, and we taught this before. Back in Matthew chapter 8. I'm going to flip there real quick. You don't have to flip there. But back in Matthew chapter 8. It says, when Jesus was coming down from a mountain, a leper came to him. He bowed down low. He said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me whole. Jesus stretched forth his hand. He touched him. And he said, I am willing, and immediately he was cleansed. I am willing. And honestly, that's all you ever see when you see Jesus. I am willing. The leper approached him with worship, with a good attitude, a right heart. He bowed down and worshiped him. He said, Lord, if you, and the Lord, he says, I'm willing. And so you see that. So everything that we need is provided by God's grace. We don't earn it. We don't work for it. We believe. We trust God. The very righteousness, I'm going to get off healing because people struggle with that. No, we're all growing in that. Huh? So again, I'm not perfect. I've been healed so many times. I got knocked back uh, last year with sickness. That's really the first time I'd been sick in years. A, a real, you know, had food poisoning, but, but as, you know, and I got, I understand, you know, I, I was sick. But, but I have been healed so many times by just believing God when something comes on me. I know he's a healer. I know he's healed me, but I'm not perfect in it. But let's get back on something else. The Bible says you're saved by grace through faith, right? 
Grace is God's disposition and will toward us. God has provided us grace in Christ Jesus. Our faith is the hand that reaches up and touches and receives that grace. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When we hear the word of God and we mix the true word of God and we mix it with faith, we access God's grace. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. It came by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Your righteousness comes by grace. The fact that God looks at you right now and he sees you as righteous is not because you're a good person in and of yourself. It's because you've accepted Jesus. And now when God sees you, he sees you through the blood of Jesus. He looks at you as perfect right now. Colossians 2.10, you are complete in him. So when God sees you, he sees you as already complete. It is finished. It's done. You're already complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. He sees you perfected. On the other hand, we're not reflecting that perfection. We're not reflecting that life perfectly. We still stumble. We still have trials and struggles and things like that because we're not reflecting it. But God sees us. And so now, because he sees us complete in Christ, he's pouring out his grace. And any time the hand of faith the eye of faith sees something, we can receive what God's provided. That's how you are righteous before God today. It's because of your faith. If you don't have faith in Jesus, you're not righteous before God. Now, I always have to say, we're not going to continue in sin that grace may abound. I'm, God's a holy God. Your holiness before God, the fact that you live a sanctified life, that comes by faith too. You don't earn your holiness. In Acts, uh, Acts 26, Paul says uh, that you're sanctified, I think it's 26, you're sanctified, made holy by faith in Jesus. Even your good conduct, your, your goodness, your holiness comes because you believe God. The fact that you're filled with the Spirit okay, is going to come by faith. If you have peace today with God, or if you are walking in peace right now with God, that's because you have faith. I know a lot of Christians, you say, well, you know, I don't believe that God heals. I know a lot, do you believe that God gives peace? Because I would say to you, probably about 75% or more, 90% of the Christians I know, do not walk in peace. Think about this. If you base... God's will about you to have peace. Does God want you to have peace? It says you're justified by faith in Christ. We have peace with God. It says in the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you, right? God's will is for you to walk in peace. Then why, if it's God's will, why don't 90% of the church walk in peace? The people, the Christians I run into, most of them don't live in peace. And if we don't have peace with God, it's, it has to be there's something faulty in our belief, right? I'm not saying you won't have tests and trials. When Peter or when Paul and Silas were in jail and they were in those stocks, they were beaten, right? 
They were persecuted. They were probably hungry. They were probably cold. And they were in those stocks. What were they doing? They were singing and shouting and rejoicing. They had peace and joy right at that moment. Why? Because they knew something about Jesus that we don't know. When your taxes come back and you got to pay more taxes, <laughs> you know, you don't have any peace. When your husband says something mean to you and you lose all your peace or, or something happens. No, no, we have peace even during the trial. And guys, look, again, I'm with you, man. Sometimes I struggle in these situations, but I know if I can keep my eyes on Jesus, if I can keep my focus on Jesus and trust him, I can have God's peace. That's just one area. So just the fact that people don't walk in peace doesn't mean that God hasn't provided it. Just because people don't walk in love doesn't mean Romans 5, 5, that the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. Just because your neighbor doesn't walk in love or other Christians don't walk in love doesn't mean that God has not provided love for you to walk in, holiness for you to walk in, provision for you to walk in. And so much more. The word is our standard. I know people come out against different things. If they don't base it on the word, they're just full of hot air. Me too. That's why I say study the Bible. Go back and read if these things are so. I double dog dare you. Get into the word and see what Jesus looks like in the Bible. Double dog dare you. Get into the word yourself. If you don't listen to this guy or that guy. You just get into the Word. See what picture of Jesus emerges. And this is my last scripture tonight. This is what I'm going to leave you with in Ephesians 1. I pray it every time. I don't for a minute think I am any better than anybody else. I need God's grace 100% like you do. That cocaine addict. I, I go run into a prostitute, a cocaine addict today. And I will treat them with tenderness, mercy, and love because I do not think I'm one bit better than them. I know it's the grace of God that has saved me. And I know it's my faith and trust in Jesus that purifies me. That's the only difference that I see between me and that person. So I can love them and point them to Jesus and invite them to share the same relationship that I have with Jesus. And I know, even Christians, I have mercy and compassion because, I, compassion because I know I don't have it all yet. I haven't arrived yet. I'm still just like you. But again, I'm seeking the goal. Paul said in Philippians 3, my goal is Jesus, and I'm after him. That's my goal too, and I'm trying to encourage you to make that your goal too. Everything that Jesus is and has as we're conforming into his image, make that your goal. Listen to this. This is why we pray. I pray this prayer almost every day. I do not cease to give thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers, Ephesians 1.16, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of who? Him. I'm praying that God gives everyone that's listening to me and myself a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. I pray that the eyes in my heart may be filled with light so that I may know the hope of Jesus' calling and I may know the riches of the glory. The glory is the manifestation of God. 
And it's actually in the face of Jesus. That's what glory is. Glory is the manifestation of God by the Holy Spirit in the face of Jesus Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The riches of His glory and the inheritance He has in the saints. What is the surpassing greatness of His power toward us who want? The surpassing greatness of His power toward us who doubt. The surpassing greatness of His power to us who believe. Believe, these are in accordance with the working of His strength and His might, therefore His glory, which He brought about in Christ when He raised Him from the dead, proving He was the Son of God, and seated Him at His own right hand in heavenly places far above all authority, power, might, dominion, and every name uh, that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. And He has put all things under His feet in subjection under His feet, and He gave Him to be head over all things to the church, which the church, you and me, are his body, you and me are the fullness of him who fills all in all. So I'm praying for myself and for you, like Paul prayed, that the eyes of our hearts would be opened, that we would know the riches of the glory of the inheritance that Christ has in us and that we have in him. That we would know the power that's available to us through the resurrection of the dead. And how does that happen? You need a spirit of wisdom and revelation. You've got to see with your spiritual eyes, hear with your spiritual ears, understand with your spiritual heart. When you are born again, you're born again of the spirit, you're translated into a new kingdom, and this kingdom operates by faith. And so now we begin to crawl and walk and jog and maybe one day run in the kingdom of God. Nobody may be manifesting at all, but we all have the same goal. Ephesians chapter 4, growing up into him. Growing, and he said, in all aspects. Wow. I hope the two people that listen to this message are greatly benefited from it. We'll see you next week in Jesus' name.